But remember, at the end of it all, they are allowed to have their feelings. They don't have to be excited or happy to have to clean up. Like, you can't expect that of them. We can't control those feelings. They still have to do the cleanup. They still have to get dressed for school. So if you can try to make it fun, then that's the best that you can do. Welcome to the Sensory Wise Solutions podcast for parents, where parents can get real, actionable strategies to support kids with sensory processing disorder. I'm Laura, OT and mom to Liliana, a sensory-sensitive kid who inherited my anxiety and my love for all things Disney. Consider me your new OT mom bestie. I know my stuff, but I also know what it's really like in the trenches of parenting a child with sensory processing disorder. Okay, mom, enough about me. Let's start the podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be a short and sweet episode, just full of my top tricks, my mom hacks to get your child to cooperate with pretty much anything. But keep in mind, I know who I'm talking to. Most of you have a neurodivergent child that may have sensory sensitivities or any other behavioral or developmental challenges where you can have all the magic tricks in the world and your child still may not want to cooperate with putting socks on or be happy with washing their hair or any other thing that is related to a sensory trigger for them. I totally get it. This is not me saying, try this and it's going to magically fix your child's sensory needs. No. Just sometimes a few extra sparks of excitement and playfulness can at least get over that initial refusal and battle that happens around things like transitions and cleaning up or doing anything that they literally do not feel like doing. And at the very least, it's worth a shot to put your energy into one of these playful strategies versus just doing the whole because I said so bit, right? Because that kind of gets old after a while. So um So yeah, these are my top tips for that. But one last note is that obviously you know your child best. So you might hear some of these strategies and right away be like, "Uh, no way, my kid would totally hate that. There are some things that I know would not work for Liliana, but they work for other kids that I I consult for. So um, feel free to just take this with a grain of salt and see if any of these ideas might spark different ideas for you or if you think it might be worth trying for your child. I'm also going to mention that You might be hearing some gardeners outside. This is not their typical day. I'm not going to record this on another day because I really want to get this out to you. So please be patient if you hear some buzzing in the background. Let's get into it. So uh, these are the six tricks to get your child more motivated to cooperate. So my first tip is using something to um, make it random. So think of a dice or a spinner from a game, or pulling popsicle sticks. I love this tip for things like taking a bath, cutting nails, or brushing teeth. I could also see some people using this for getting dressed, but just basically you find a way to make parts of the task randomized by using, like I said, like a dice, a spinner from a board game, or pulling popsicle sticks. So maybe you roll a dice for bath time, and whatever number it lands on is how many seconds of scrubbing you get to do. Or maybe you write down, define each number. And if it lands on one, that means you wash their face. If it lands on two, that means you wash their left foot, etc. 
You can also do this with brushing their teeth. Like whatever number it lands on is how many seconds you brush or how many teeth you brush first, obviously. And then you keep rolling the dice until you get to thoroughly <laughs> brush their teeth. Popsicle sticks um, work great for sensory strategies like um, heavy work that you're trying to get them to do. Maybe you write crab walk on one, bear crawl on another, then frog hop, then dinosaur stomp on different popsicle sticks, and then they pick a stick to decide how they're going to get from their room to the kitchen, which helps with transitions, just making transitions more fun in the morning, but also provides the regulating heavy work that you might need to help them start their day off. I could also see this strategy working um, for helping to clean up huge messes. Um, So like when Legos are all over the floor or blocks or crayons. So roll the dice or spin the spinner to see how many blocks to clean up or how many seconds they need to wipe the table for. A pro to this method is it's out of your child's control and yours. So literally the randomization, um, it leaves no one to blame. So you can just blame the dice like, oh, the dice says we got to clean six teeth first. So that could work in your favor. My next tip is to use time lapse recording mode to help with um, with transitions or just any task where your child is like moving their body through it. So this could work for brushing teeth, getting dressed, cleaning up. These are some of the most common ways that I use this method. So you use your phone or smart device and record them doing the task, but put it in time lapse mode, which is just like super speed mode. I don't know what this looks like on Androids, but on iPhone, there's actually a setting in the camera app. You just go to take like a video and at the bottom where the red circle is, if you swipe either left or right, it'll change to time lapse mode and you just click record. Um, As like I do this when she's cleaning up, I'll just click record while she's cleaning. And then after she's done cleaning, we watch it back and it moves it it moves it at like super fast speed and she thinks it's hilarious watching herself move at super speed. She calls it superhero speed videos. So when she doesn't want to clean up or she's having a hard time, I'm like, do you want to do it in superhero speed? And she's always like, yes, I want to do that. Um, I could probably see this working too in reverse if you played it like um, in reverse um, order. Like sometimes you could play it like in a rewind motion or you could play it super slow, just like any sort of effects you can do to taking a video of them, they probably will love. Another tip is to use a self-recording of your child, like your child recording themselves to cooperate with transitions. So I call this one Dear Future Self. So I love using this trick as um, like preparations for transitions or for sort of like big events or something that you're preparing for, like the first day of school or a play date or a doctor's visit, Um, something that you anticipate might be hard or be a trigger for your child. So you basically prep your child the way you normally would, like you role play and you practice or tell them what to expect with the transition and remind them of certain boundaries that you have, like all of those things you still do. Um, You do that normally. So for example, here's a very specific example. Liliana loves listening to music in headphones and she loves to swing at the same time. Transitioning away from this is like a 50-50 trigger for a meltdown, depending on what song it lands on because the song's always random and then she sometimes wants to repeat a song and if I stop the time in the middle of a song, it's like all hell breaks loose. So, but I love that she loves this music and swinging because it is regulating for her and it's she will do this for like an hour at a time. So it's amazing. Um, 
But so when she asks to do music and swing, I will tell her, okay, you can have music and swing for 30 minutes. After that, it's time to wash your hands for lunch. And also, by the way, washing hands is not her favorite either. So that's like a whole trigger as well. So I'll say, if it's too hard for you to put the music away, you can take deep breaths or ask me for a hug. Hurting me or yelling at me is not okay. And then she agrees and she says, I know. And then I ask if she wants to remind her future self of this plan. And she always says yes. So I selfie record her saying, like she says this to herself, Liliana, when it's time to put the music away, don't forget, you might feel mad and you can't hit mom. That's not okay. You can take deep breaths or squeeze your hands if you need to. So she is saying that to herself. Then when it's time to be done with the music, I'll tell her, hey, someone has a message for you, press play, and she'll watch the video, and it works like a dream 99999999999999% of the time. Like only one time has it not worked, and of course, there's still going to be feelings there, but this is something that typically helps. Another tip is to use music to get your child to cooperate. So I've used this one for getting dressed, for brushing her hair, and cleaning up. So I play a song on my phone, And if she's doing something by herself, like she's getting herself dressed or cleaning up, then I just randomly will press pause and she freezes like a statue. Then when the music plays, she moves and gets dressed, picks up toys, etc. And so she thinks this is really funny. It's, It's freeze dance, essentially. If it's something that I'm doing, like I'm brushing her hair or I am brushing her teeth, I give her control of my phone and then she pushes pause and I freeze. It gives her a little control over the imposed touch, like grooming stuff. So if she's uncomfortable, she can stop. So she could literally pause for however long she wants. And then I usually freeze with like a silly look on my face and it makes her crack up every time. My other tip is probably one that you've heard before, but it's all about making it a competition, like a beat the timer. So again, I think this is one that might not work for some kids who are anxious about time or don't like losing or doing anything competitive, but it works for a lot of my clients and sometimes works for my daughter. So I either put a timer on my phone or I just close my eyes and count slowly to see if she can finish putting her clothes away, picking her clothes out for school. Notice all of my examples are about clothes because that is our biggest trigger. Um, Also do it for washing hands, going potty, any of it before my eyes open or before the timer goes off. So I'll like close my eyes and be like, okay, I'm going to close my eyes and I wonder if you can can get dressed before I open my eyes. And then I'll close my eyes and like I'll count really, really slowly. And then I'll be like, okay, tell me when you're done. This is taking a long time. And she'll she'll say like, I'm already done. And I'm like, whoa, you, how did you do that so fast? Like all of that stuff. Sometimes we'll race to the stairs to see who can get there first or race to the car. Again, use your best judgment on if this would work or pose a safety threat for some of your kids, but it's just another tool to explore. And the last one I'm going to share and rave about is the MVP for us in this house, Bubbles. Bubbles have been such a huge tool for us. So I swear it has saved us from so many meltdowns. I use it sort of in the same way as like kind of trying to beat like a timer, but instead of asking if she can do a task before the timer, I just say, can you do this part before the last bubble hits the ground? So if you've seen me talk about this on Instagram, I also talked about this on our morning routine podcast episode. I take a bubble wand and I blow bubbles up. Like I aim towards the ceiling. So they have like a higher 
like arch or reach. And then she has to put her socks on, um, like or pants or panties or pick up as many toys as she can before the last bubble hits the ground. And side note, I always let her win. I just keep blowing extra bubbles. So there's no like sadness here. It's just a really fun way to motivate her to, to actually do it. (laughs) So I don't really actually let her lose. Um, yeah. And that's been working for so many things. So bubbles, I could see like, I, I mean, you could still do bubbles with like a 10 year old bubbles are so universal and so cool. So those are my top tips for getting your child to cooperate with daily tasks that might be somewhat quote non-preferred. But remember at the end of it all, they are allowed to have their feelings. They don't have to be excited or happy to have to clean up. Like you can't expect that of them. We can't control those feelings. They still have to do the cleanup. They still have to get dressed for school. So if you can try to make it fun, then that's the best that you can do. All right, I hope you found some of these tips to be helpful. This was a short and sweet episode. If you liked it, please leave me a review. Please share it on Instagram. Please share it on Facebook. Share it with anyone who you think would find this helpful. And I'll see you guys next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider rating it and leaving a review, which helps other parents find it.